Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Daily Roto Hour here on Sports Grid TV. I'm Davis Maddock, joined by Colin Drew here in Week 17, the the craziest DFS week of the year as it uh, pertains to the NFL. Uh, this is our game by game show where we go through every game in the main NFL DFS slate on Sunday for the big contest on FanDuel and DraftKings. Of course, in Week 17, that means 15 games. You know, Colin, but not all these teams care. Not all of these teams are, are trying. We're going to see a lot of backups. Um, you know, some spots like the Kansas City game, I'm, I'm projecting a, like basically a two drives for for the starters, you know, just just it is kind of a mess. Yeah. And I mean, and then throw COVID into the mix as well, because you've got, you know, maybe some of the teams that aren't trying, maybe their players aren't really trying to avoid COVID anymore either, because you got a couple of those cases popping up this week and it is a lot to go through. It's stuff where, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday. A lot will change by the time some people listen to it on Saturday. And a lot will change between Saturday and Sunday as well. Really need to stay on top of news. Um, I would say strategically, I actually like playing some of these teams that are out of yeah. it, that don't really care. Like good players for games that don't really matter um, has done pretty well in week 17 before. So um, I'm curious to see how the field shakes this thing out as the week goes on. Okay, so before we dive in, these are teams we know are resting starters. The Chiefs, uh, the Steelers, they've already said Mason Rudolph it will be in this game. And then as a result of the Steelers resting their starters, that I, I think that means pretty confidently we can say the Bills are going to be resting their starters in that game because they, they just have to, even if they lose to the Dolphins, they still have a pretty decent chance of getting the two-seed. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they have clinched a playoff spot, but if they beat the Falcons, they will get a chance to play the NFC East winner, which they will definitely want to do. Both the Packers and the Bears need to win. The Packers have to win to hold the number one seed. The Bears have to win to get in. The Seahawks have a very slight chance of getting the number one seed. I could see that being a game where starters get pulled in the second half if it becomes clear that the Packers are winning or the Saints are winning, but at least to start the game, we have the Seahawks there. Same thing goes for the Saints. They they actually the Saints just have to play all four quarters to make sure that they at least lock up the number two. Washington football team and the Eagles game is is the Sunday night game, but that's basically a playoff game. Um, so that's important to, to keep in mind. Then the Titans, they have to win. The Texans have no incentive. The Colts have to win. The Jaguars really, really want to lose yeah. uh, to make sure they get Trevor Lawrence. Um, and then this Cardinals Rams game, I, what I mean, what, what's your what's your thought here? Because both of these teams theoretically need to win, but this is looking like we're going to see John Walford versus Chris Strebler. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I feel like the look ahead line for FanDuel had um, Arizona as bigger dogs than they are now, so I'm wondering if they're speculating Kyler will be active for that game. But 
that it, you nailed the news. I mean, there's a lot of it to go through. And even like the Bills, you know, I bet they start with the starters in, but, um, you know, they'll be watching the scoreboards and they could pull them early if it looks like the Steelers are definitely going to get dusted by the Browns. So for sure, a lot of different dynamics to go through, not just to mention there's a billion guys that you have to go through on the tonight slate. Yeah. All right. So let's start here with the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. I don't think any Lions are playable. Um, Marvin Jones, maybe, but he like Marvin Jones is showing up in our optimals, but I just, I'll guarantee you, I'm not playing him like just not a chance. My play, there are too many good plays, but this game basically does have the most interesting situation of the week, which is Dalvin cook, not playing the Vikings have a team total of 30 against this awful lions defense. Um, so if Alexander Madison returns from the concussion protocol, we think he'll probably be the lead runner. That's not guaranteed though. Uh, you know, he he could just not play in this game, in which case we would have a, a sequel to Week 17, Mike Boone. Week 17 last year, Boone had 17 carries, 148 yards, a touchdown, three targets, two receptions, 12 yards. I, I mean, he would be the best play of the slate. Yeah, definitely a really good value play. And I think both of us think Amir Abdullah would mix in to the rotation um, if it was just Boone and Abdullah. And Abdullah would probably be the guy who plays on passing downs. But Boone would essentially be locked into the red zone and goal line work um, just based on the profile and how they when they let, use him in limited capacity. That's kind of how they use him uh, for the Lions. I think the big question here is if Matt Stafford starts or not. If he does start, he obviously is a little bit more aggressive than Chase Daniel. I like Marvin Jones a little bit if Stafford does start and is healthy. Um, but otherwise, DeAndre Swift, I think, is the only guy I would consider, you know, potential that he, he's basically been like a 60 percent of carries guys when he's been healthy over the past like three or four weeks. And so. Um, that plus passing game usage, I think, would be somewhat interesting. It is a big slate, but I, I do think his price is fair. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm not really interested in. And and I guess the other question is like, do you sprinkle in a little bit of Justin Jefferson? Because oh, he's sure. basically well, he's he's buying for all these rookie records now. So like, whatever he does in this game is kind of um, you know gravy on top of his incredible rookie season. Yeah, I mean Brady just threw for what three fifty and four touchdowns and a half against Detroit. So right. you've got to be at least a little interested in the passing attack for the Vikings, especially if it ends up leverage off of one of their popular running backs. Yeah. All right. The New York Jets at the New England Patriots. Is there any guy from this game you would play? Would you play Jamison Crowder? Would you play Lamichael Pirine? Would you play Jacoby Myers, Sony Michelle? I mean, maybe Sony honestly is like a little bit in play. Yeah, it's so bad. I was trying to think through, like, if Jarrett Stidham starts this game, obviously they would run more of a pro-style offense. And if he did that, would that open up some value at the wide receiver position? Maybe, but they're almost priced, like, like Jacoby Myers is 5000 yeah. on DK. Like, yeah, if he was 3800 sure. Yeah. Um. So, like, Demir Bird, James White, 4500 if you needed value, which we don't, we expect value to open up in this slate some way. So I don't think you're really looking too heavily at this game. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm not much interested in this game. I mean, you know, it would be it would be uh, in like a normal in like a, a nine game slate or maybe in like the, the 1 p.m. only slate on DK. You would play a little bit of LaMichael P. Ryan or something. I also have uh, Jared Stidham right now projected for five percent rushes, 10 percent pass attempts because Cam's got benched in each of the last two games, so I would imagine that is it's definitely a, a possibility here. Moving now to the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. Uh, this is a game where the Bills have some motivation, but not a ton. The Dolphins absolutely have to win this game. Um, this is like they, they cannot get into the playoffs without a win here. If the Bills see you know the Steelers down by 14 points or whatever uh, against the Browns, I mean, I, 
I, I basically am thinking that I'm not playing any Bills starters, right? Not playing Josh Allen, not playing Steph Diggs, not playing either of the running backs. However, uh, the one play I am interested in in this game is going to be Gabriel Davis. John Brown on the COVID-19 list. Cole Beasley is week to week with this foot injury. I, I guess, though, you could say... Isaiah McKenzie probably has a role with both the first team and the second team offense. So maybe McKenzie is the more interesting player. Yeah, that definitely feels a little bit thin um, on such a big slate. And you kind of figure, look, if if the Bills are playing with starters, then you're not playing with starters to get access to Isaiah McKenzie. If they're resting their starters, chances are they're running the ball a lot more. And I think the inactives will potentially tip their hand a little bit as far as that. TJ Yeldon has been inactive for a few weeks, and if he was activated, then potentially... He's on, he's on the COVID list. Yeah, well, I mean, when was he put on? Because John Brown, I think, could come off in time for the game. And Brown's been activated off the IR. He's been practicing with them for three weeks. And so if Brown comes off, like, Thursday and is able to practice a couple times, I would expect him to go. And he was the other guy, in addition to Gabe Davis, that is priced pretty cheap. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, none of these guys are particularly great plays. I guess from the Miami side... The guy you would be interested in would be Miles Gaskin, priced at 6,500. But he basically, um, I mean, he was the he had the full workload last week for Miami. Scored the long receiving touchdown, which made his numbers look a lot better. But like his his volume numbers were all really solid. Yeah, definitely. Um, and Gaskin, another one, kind of let the team totals for Vegas lead us to where we should be thinking here. I do think that generally is a sharp way to go. Not not necessarily totals now because they won't reflect that, but. By Sunday, things should be pretty efficient. And Gaskin, um, Mike Jasicki, I guess, was the other guy, 4200 Pretty interesting price for Jasicki. And, you know, assuming he's able to practice in some capacity this week, he should be good to go again next week. Yeah. Uh, Gasicki, I, I think, also. Because tight end, even in a 15-game slate, tight end, still not very good, you know, when, uh, when Travis Kelsey is not particularly playable. All right, moving on now to the Atlanta Falcons playing at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers do need to win this game. Uh, we saw last week they can dismantle bad defenses pretty easily. Ronald Jones going to be back for this game. I, you know, I wonder if Fournette played well enough in his absence to get more of that early down work. My my intuition is no that Ronald Jones should basically just return to the role he was in. I mean, Fournette was a healthy scratch his last week before Ronald Jones was placed on the COVID list, so. I'm looking at Ronald Jones actually as like kind of a kind of a sneaky buy in this slate. Our projections don't love him, but we are giving work to three other running backs, and one of these guys might be inactive on game day. Yeah, I mean, a couple of these guys were barely touching the ball until the second half against Detroit. So I think it'll be concentrated between Jones and Fournette unless the game gets out of hand, which I don't think it should against the Falcons. So Ronald Jones, I do think 5,900 on DK is in play. And I like him a lot on the touch, more touchdown heavy FanDuel format. So I think if he loses anything to Fournette, he might lose some of the passing work. Yeah. Fournette, I think, played well enough to be active for this game, at least. And I, I do think that, you know, he has been involved for the most part every game he's played this year in the passing game. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this is one of the games that is interesting to stack, one of the games that should be competitive. Atlanta is definitely good enough in, you know, what we expect to be decent conditions to to be able to kind of go back and forth, potentially keep their foot on the gas. And I was two years ago, I stacked Tampa Atlanta in week 17 for, for all the money. So I'm, I might consider it again this week. 
Yeah, and Godwin and Antonio Brown have pretty attractive prices. 6600 for Godwin, 5500 for Antonio Brown. Gronk priced up a little bit at 4500 yeah. Evans um, is uncomfortable, too. Yeah, Evans, Evans is pretty uncomfortable. And then on the Atlanta side, uh, Calvin Ridley up there at 8500 I mean, he does project as one of the best raw points per dollar, like just raw points guys of the slate. The, the issue is... Um, you know, Devontae Adams is just going to get all that expensive wide receiver ownership in the must-win game for them. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, I think Ridley's a good play in this situation. I don't think they're going to, even though Atlanta doesn't really have anything to play for, I don't think they're necessarily going to bench Ridley. So I think we'd probably be looking at another 30% of target game for him. So Ito Smith, last guy here, uh, he's 4,300. He only played 32% of the snaps last week, which I thought was a little bit surprising. Um, you know, given warned that they basically you. you did, you warned me. I mean, he he was like fine in the snaps that he played. Yeah. But Gurley played 27, Ito played 22, Brian Hill played 19, and then fullback Keith Smith played 17 and actually was targeted twice. Um, if now if Gurley is a game day inactive, which I think is a, a possibility here, because um, it because with a guy like Gurley, if you're gonna have him active, like it's just like a veteran respect thing, like he's gonna get touches. But I wonder if he has a chance to be a game day and active here man that would surprise me right he's just on a one-year contract i feel like they would yeah. view that as disrespectful um right and yeah it was like you knew that you know play was in at risk the first play of the game when Gurley had that catch and you're like oh yeah okay. a 30 yard catch first play of the game yeah it's the biggest so, play all year probably yeah it's it's mostly ridley for me um and then potentially hayden hurst right i think one of the viable tight ends on most of the slates never a guy you're overly excited about but would consider it yeah, so basically starters are being rested for our next game, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. Must-win game for the Browns. Um, I think they, uh, I, I believe they have to win to get in. I'm not exactly clear on their motivations, um, but we have, you know, Nick Chubb here at 7,600. Kareem Hunt, who people thought was going to be involved in the passing game last week, he was not. Austin Hooper, 15-target game last week with all the wide receivers out. Didn't play Austin Hooper in cash. I feel like uh, a big <laughs> stupid idiot. I mean, literally, uh, of all the things I've done this year in cash that were dumb, like not playing $3,900 Austin Hooper feels pretty stupid. But are you interested in playing Chubb or Hunt against basically the the Steelers B team? Uh, I, I, the slate is so big. Like Chubb, I played last week. I thought it was a good spot to play him. He was clearly going overlooked for Austin Eckler, for Dave Montgomery. And I thought it was a good spot to play him. It, they had a high team total. I think it's an okay spot this week, but it doesn't seem like the Steelers are resting everybody. Like Tomlin made it seem like they're going to rest a couple key guys, but it doesn't mean they're they're not playing with a preseason team out there. So um, I, I think this slate is too big for me to get to Chubb, uh, who would be the guy I would want to try to get to because I think he has probably the highest raw ceiling of those two players. Uh, but I don't think I don't think they'll get there. Um, Mason Rudolph, forty three hundred. Are you considering that at all as like a no. stone man quarterback? The the stone man quarterback I'm considering in GPP this week is John Walford because he runs a little bit, but Mason yeah. Mason does not run. Um, yeah. So I I'm just not interested at I'm just not really interested at all. I think the um, only yeah the only other thing I was just gonna add is like pay attention to inactives. If it ends up being another big name player like a Juju or someone who gets um, sat, then like James Washington at 3500. 
think would be reasonably interesting. And we do expect all the Browns wide receivers back. Well, this week. what about if James Conner is inactive? Are are would you would you play Snell? What okay? What if what if we get that Anthony McFarland is going to start? That 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 they say you know week seventeen we want to see what the rookie adds. We want to keep Snell and Connor good for the playoffs. Would you be interested at all in McFarland? Uh, 4K, I mean, a back who's probably not going to catch a ton of passes on a 17-point total. I, I would start to think about it, but it would still, it would feel pretty fringy. And it, it feels like we're going to get some good value on this slate that would be better than Anthony Farland. Yeah, and I, I'm sitting here looking at Brown's wide receiver prices, um, and I, I thought we'd get a discount on Jarvis Landry. You know, I thought, I thought Landry would come back and be, you know, 5,800 or whatever, uh, especially after, you know, how obvious it, it seemed that the team needed him. But every Browns pass catcher is unplayable here. Landry, Higgins, Peoples-Jones, Hooper. That Well, maybe Hooper is a little bit. And I guess at this point, we don't have any clarification if these guys are back from well, the Well, it was COVID all close contacts, sure. right? Like they were yeah. all benched at once. So I'm expecting them to be back, but we don't know for sure. Yeah, we are we are projecting them back as of now. Um, you know, it just it. They, I guess for whatever reason, these AFC games do just seem less appealing than yeah. our our NFC games. I mean, that that's kind of like a historical trope that AFC football. I mean, you know, they they don't have any domes in and all that stuff. It's just a, it's just a little bit more boring. Next up, we have the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Ravens, I believe, is are a win and get in situation. Yeah, if they beat the Bengals, they are in the playoffs. But you know, the Bengals, little frisky, right? Two wins in a row for the Bengals. Uh, they uh, with Finley just absolutely carved up the uh, the Houston Texans last week after we talked on this show about the Texans defense as a. Uh, a cash gameplay, so Brandon not, Allen not was even worse. Oh yeah, Brand. I mean, who could even who could even decipher between those straight? two guys? <laughs> right. Uh, so I will say, Lamar as a naked QB in GPP. I have not run Lamar naked yet this year. I think you can definitely do it in big single entry this week. And and the the theory behind the play is. There are going to be so many good individual plays by the time we get to Sunday. It's almost like an NBA slate. So like an NBA, you'll get these clusters where if there are two teams that are resting their starters, you know, you'll just have four bench guys who all project for like 10x their salary or something. And this is kind of like that for the NFL. You know, there'll be three or four men guys who project for like 15 points. So I think that you can do away with correlation a little bit less this week in your builds. And Lamar, you know, will be the best projected quarterback. Yeah, I think the price on Lamar is creeping up a little bit back towards like peak Lamar prices. Obviously, great spot for the Ravens, 28 point total, have to win, the best matchup they can draw. So I like Lamar, prefer him a little bit on FanDuel, where stacking in general already matters a little bit less and because there's less correlation on that website. And then um, the pricing also usually matters a little bit less because of the softer pricing. So prefer him there. I think DK, it's going to be tough for me to squeeze in. It's also probably going to be tough to get to a $5,800 Mark Andrews. But if I was going to stack Lamar, that would that would be the guy I'd be looking for. And the Ravens D, I think, 4200 Brandon Allen, you know, despite last week, has turned the ball over a ton. The Bengals, in general, have given up a lot of sacks, whether it was Burrow, Allen, Finley. So I like the Ravens D as one of the, the top options on this slate. And like you said, if there's value out there, you can definitely spend on some good defenses and good spots. Yeah. Um, are you interested in our guy, J.K. Dobbins, now all the way up to 6,700? We talked about it last week. He, he just has to score two rushing touchdowns like that. that or, or 
or have like an 80 yard rushing touchdown so we get to the bonus right like the 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 derrick henry signature game um they are giving him more opportunities they are giving him more snaps but gus edwards even with mark ingram inactive you know we've been waiting for mark ingram to be a game day inactive forever and it doesn't even matter because gus edwards now yeah and uh, J.K. Dobbins did leave the game early last week, so he came back. I'm going to be keeping my eyes on the injury report, but he was close to the bonus in the touchdown last week, and I had him on on both websites last week. So I think the the price on DK is a little bit tougher. Like you said, you're looking for multiple touchdowns, and especially if Dobbins, even if he's not limited by the injury, it was a chest injury, so nothing to do with his legs, but um, they could lean on Gus as well. So um, probably probably not going to go back to J.K. this week. And if there was limited news for JK, I would be somewhat interested in Gus Edwards. Yeah, I mean, I I would play Gus on FanDuel. I don't actually yeah. think there. I would not play Gus on, on even at forty nine hundred. I just you know, it, it literally is like a two. Like he needs two touchdowns to crack fifteen. Really is is kind of the way it works for him. Um, all right, so we have the Dallas Cowboys at the New York Giants. This is a must win game. Um, the so if Washington loses to Philadelphia, the winner of this game makes the playoffs. So it's a must win for both teams. Um, and they won't know because the Washington Philadelphia game is on Sunday night. So we don't have any concerns about playing time here. Uh, you know, again, it, it does suck that Ezekiel Elliott is active, but we saw last week, all three of them got there. Cooper got there. Lamb got there. Gallup got there. Um, probably time to just start playing, uh, one of these guys in like single entry every week and it just doesn't even really matter which one yeah uh man the, the price gallop i mean i haven't been playing him which is regrettable because he's been punt price and now you're you're paying almost the same price as you are for cd lamb and just a, a few bucks less than amari cooper so a little bit tough for me to spend on gallop i feel a little chasey doing that i don't think the field's gonna chase either so i guess there is some leverage there but i'm probably not gonna play gallop this week I probably would still stick to Mari Cooper out of those guys, but maybe maybe that's chasing a name. The notable thing for me last week was I was wondering what the split would be for the Dallas backfield, and Zeke still had 19 carries to nine for Pollard. Regardless of if they go with a run-heavy approach or a passing game approach, it feels like Zeke's going to get a two-to-one workload at a minimum, and he's going to get the red zone work. So I think that Zeke Elliott is somewhat in play on this slate. You're, you're talking... 6,400, a decent matchup for him. Um, I don't know. Talk me out of Zeke Elliott. Uh, it's a 15-game slate, and Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott... Like, how much different of a play is Ezekiel Elliott than Gus Edwards? Uh, I mean, he's involved more in the passing game, and it is not a big of a split. Like, Gus, you're splitting carries with Lamar, you're splitting carries with Dobbins, so Zeke seems like they want to give him 20 touches, so I think that's a big difference. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, I I will. I think the Dallas wide receivers are all good buys, and I think that uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Because like, also, I think it's one of those things where if Zeke is just playing really bad, right? Zeke fumbles. Zeke looks like if he just has like a, a couple rough drives. I think this coaching staff obviously is getting more and more comfortable with Pollard because uh, he's just way better. Uh, in the the Giants don't have anyone I'm like chomping at the bit to play, but. I will say this, Daniel Jones, running quarterback, 5,100, I've made worse plays, and Evan Ingram, 3,700, yeah. is looking like a big value for us. Yeah, 
Yeah, Engram is one of the one of the guys that jumped out to me because like twenty five percent of team targets at the tight end position and a game where they're going to have to play aggressive, especially if they end up trailing or even in a competitive game. So Ingram, I think, can be played naked. I think 5,100, you could consider playing Daniel Jones. Probably don't have to go there on this slate. But um, as one-offs, I think like Darius Slayton is a viable one-off as well. And um, I think, yeah, picking up pieces of this Giants offense against the Cowboys is, is definitely viable. Yeah. Um, all right. So next up, we have the Las Vegas Raiders at the Denver Broncos. This is... One of the few games with absolutely no stakes. The Raiders can't do anything. The, the Broncos can't do anything. Um, a, de- a decently high total for the, the Raiders at 27. But my guess is we see a little bit less of Josh Jacobs than his normal usage this week. Um, maybe there's some sort of record they want to get Waller. Uh, I would guess we'll get you know a Schefter tweet about that or something. Uh, maybe they design a couple extra rugs touches. I, I don't know. I mean... The, the one play from this game that did stick out to me as I was going through things was uh, Jerry Judy saw 15 targets last week. He's 4,200. How many catches? Uh, I think only six, which is, I mean, it is hilarious. But And, and Hamler is questionable. KJ Hamler is. He's got, um, I think he got a rib injury in that game. Uh, his snaps would be replaced by Deshaun Hamilton. But I probably will be playing a little bit of Jerry Judy in my single entry contest. This game feels like the game that by Sunday I'm going to forget about it, but I kind of want to stack it because you can get Carr, Waller expensive, but I, I still feel like you could get there and you could get Rugs as a potential triple stack. You know, another week removed from COVID, so he'll be more involved in the offense, having practiced the entire week, and then you can bring him back with Judy, insanely cheap game stack and. I don't with all the competitive games where you don't really have questions about people aren't going to play this. So in large field MME feel like you're stacking a game that's expected to be 51 points with a really tight spread. It feels like the right thing to do. Yeah. So I I think you make a great point there, which is sometimes these no one cares games are just incredible, right? Because like, you know, I mean, weird things happen. Drew Locke's going to let it fly. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It's not like Drew Locke is going to be, you know, captain check down here. Um, and, and everyone's so cheap. I mean, Drew Locke comes in on, uh, you know, he's super cheap. And then all of the um, Broncos pass catchers are under 5K, um, in, in fact, under 4,200. So, yeah, I, I think that one is um, very interesting. All right. The Arizona Cardinals at the Los Angeles Rams, a rare game that matters, but we don't want to play. We don't want to play either of them. Right. So who, this is a playoff game. Right. Whoever wins this game gets into the playoffs. I believe they get the seven seed in the NFC. Kyler Murray is definitely not 100%, but probably, as we just mentioned at the top of the show, they're going to try and make him active. Jared Goff is already announced out. John Walford, uh, people remember him from Wake Forest or the AAF. John Walford tore up the, uh, the AAF, and he does run a little bit. I think he had 600 rushing yards his final two seasons at Wake Forest. He ran about 30 yards a game in the AAF. I mean... If he was 4K, I would actually be like, I'm just going to play him at 4,900. I am less interested, obviously. Yeah, I I wish they had gotten a little more creative with the prices, but like I'd rather play. I mean, I kind of glossed over him, but I'd rather play Drew Locke than Wofford. I think the price is just not that different. And you're in same like Daniel Jones as well. Like you're $200 in savings. Rams are going to have one of the lowest totals in the slate. So yeah. Um, and it's not going to be a stackable guy either. So I, Cooper Cup on the COVID list, 
takes another passing weapon. It's going to be a pretty dicey. Rams Robert team. Woods could have like a, a an Austin Hooperish target share this week, though. Like he could yeah. see like he could see like seventeen targets or something wild. I think. And you know, Van Jefferson, I think will will play more. I would expect it to be Reynolds on the outside with Woods, and then Van Jefferson playing a bit more in the slot. So he's the minimum price. I guess that would be the the potential guy you're thinking about. But I'm sure they'll run a ton of two tight end sets as well. So. Um, I don't know. I guess those would be the guys, but you weren't going to get me on here without obviously me going to the mat for Malcolm Brown and his dusty ass and a must well, win game. Well, unfortunately, I do think Cam Akers is going to try and come back. <laughs> if he if he doesn't though, um, if he doesn't, Malcolm Brown's like the number one value in our stuff right now. Yeah, and you know we'll want to watch the practice report to see if Akers is active or if he's like active because. If it's a, a late active, it could still be Malcolm Brown and Akers is just there, kind of his backup. And Brown, I would expect to play some regardless and be worked in the passing. So 4,300, he's probably, as of now, like the punt running back of the week. Mad dash to get through the rest of the games here in week 17. Luckily, the Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs has zero players that I will be considering in daily fantasy contest this week. I'm done letting Austin Eckler hurt me. I, the, here's the, the one guy. It's got to be McCall Hardman week, right? It's got, right? Because the Chiefs are going to rest their starters. Hardman, really a tertiary player. I mean, you know, maybe it ends up being Ricky Seals-Jones week, but there's no way we were going to come on this show and I wasn't going to tell McCall Hardman. Yeah, we knew it was going to happen. You know, these teams that are out of it, I I think they're going to be looking to run the ball, get out of there a little bit more. Um, They're not going to be, you know, even if they're down. Like, they're resting guys. They're not playing to win, so... I don't know. The Chargers, I guess we'll see if Keenan Allen comes back. Like, the Chargers will still be throwing the ball. Um, But it feels like a game where, you know, the play counts are going to be low for both teams. Uh, Mike Williams, I guess, 10 targets last week with Keenan Allen out. I would be interested in him again this week if Allen sets. Yeah, uh, I just I think there are too many plays, but I I get it. I I mean Mike Mike Williams also is one of those dudes who can just have like two seventy yard touchdowns because his average depth of target is like you know twenty one yards or whatever. Um, a game that does matter: the Seattle Seahawks playing at the San Francisco 49ers. I I started this week really wanting to play Jeff Wilson Jr. because I just think he's going to get like thirty carries here, um, and I still think that. But there there's just so many plays. Um, I, I don't know if I can get there. I guess Kittle is kind of interesting as well. Very interesting though, Colin, the Seattle passing game is just not good anymore. It's like, <laughs> it's like they just, they, Russell Wilson is like averaging like 210 passing yards a game over the last month of the season. I know, man, I feel, I still feel, still feel like I'm going to get suckered into DK Metcalf again, cause he'll be sub 5% again. And you know, that's just, that's the type of thing I'm going to do, but Jeff Wilson, I mean, he got, what, 22 carries and a few targets last week, and he's, like, we thought maybe he would be the lead back, but maybe there would be a split. There wasn't a split. So, um, obviously, you need the other backs to be inactive or still out with, like, Mostert and uh, whatnot. Is he on IR now? But, um, yeah, Jeff Wilson, I think, is going to get a ton of touches. Yeah. Um, Are you, like, are we going to take, you know, incredibly low-owned stabs on Metcalf or Lockett? I probably will on Metcalf. Um, and like one tournament, but like, this is just not a spot that I'm, I'm tripping over my feet for this week. Yeah. Not like three max, but I'll take a little bit of MME stabs, try to get over the field, I think. And I don't know, I guess the other guy, George Kittle played 50% of snaps last week. I think that's not enough for me to feel like they're going to give him a full workload in week 17. So probably not going to play Kittle either. Um, so I, I guess would be the only San Francisco guy I'd consider as a pass catcher. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Ayuk, uh, they, they probably want to get him, um, you know, more, more rookie everything. Yeah, Perhaps, I'm, yeah, I'm with that. Yeah. All right. Our next game, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Indianapolis Colts. DJ Shark looking questionable for this game. We might get to run it back with our boy LaVisca, who uh, salvaged his week with the garbage time touchdown. He is priced at 4200 But the headliner for this game is, of course, Jonathan Taylor uh, just continues to smash. Only 7400 he is our third highest projected running back. Uh, I, I think he is a lock. I think he is probably the best play of the week. Yeah, I mean, what? He's getting like 60% of the carries, but they're running the ball a ton. And they definitely are going to continue to run the ball a ton in this matchup. And they're they're expected to put, what, 32 points up on the board against Jacksonville. So it feels like a good spot for Jonathan Taylor. Um, hopefully the public will still chase David Montgomery. Uh, we'll chase some other names, but um, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, a great play. I guess, like, are there any other Colts you really trust? I'd take stabs at one-off guys here and there, but I, I still can't bring myself to Phil Rivers, despite the fact that they obviously need to win this game. And they're supposed to score 32 points. Yeah, uh, I mean Rivers is showing up in our optimals. Yeah. But that's going to be the it's going to be the easiest exclude of all time for me. <laughs> uh, Hilton also is is showing up in our stuff. Pittman is showing up as as a decent value. Um, none of the tight ends are thankfully because they all cannibalize each other. Um, I just think the the Colts are. I think honestly, just Jonathan Taylor is just going to score like half of the fantasy points for this team here. Um, it's it's a must win game for the Colts, and they're going to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor a ton. Yeah, they got like 13 guys over target over the past four weeks. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, not a great, not a great situation for fantasy football. Um, do you like if Shark does not play? Are you going to be playing like Keelan Cole or Chris Conley or anything? I mean, I'll, I'll run Visca a little bit. Dare, I mean, in a normal week, Dare after the game he had last week would actually be a play, but there's just no reason to go for it this week. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably not going down this route um visca maybe a little bit in the mme like i built 450 lineups i have a few shares here or there but not a guy i'm focused on at all yeah all right our next game uh must win game for both teams the green bay packers at the chicago bears you know the the packers are just going to do to the bears what they've always done they're just going to lay the wood down on them however i do think there's a, a mega interesting wrinkle here which is A.J. Dillon uh, basically replaced Jamal Williams' snaps last week, but because of the the style of player he is, he just got all the good touches, right? Uh, had a long rushing touchdown, had a goal line touchdown, 21 carries, 58% of the snaps. Um, you know, and obviously Devontae Adams is, is a, a fantastic play himself, but I, I kind of do think A.J. Dillon is maybe a little bit playable. What What is his price on both sides? Like, honestly, just wasn't even remotely considering him. 4900 on DK. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, so I think I, it's tough. Like Aaron Jones got play. hurt. So I, I mean, I had jammed Aaron Jones in the showdown. So, you know, I'll fess up to that. But Aaron Jones got hurt in that game. That's what led to the spike for AJ Dillon. Aaron Jones did come back, received some work in the second half, but it, it was the snow game. You know, for you guys who didn't watch it, the Packers were running the ball a ton. And so I feel like Aaron Jones, yeah, I mean, he's, if he's healthy, he's going to leave the backfield. And I don't think they trust AJ Dillon in like, the pass catching role the same way they no, did. They, they don't at all, which so. it, so maybe, maybe actually the reaction here is like, just jam Aaron Jones, just jam the ever living crap out of Aaron Jones. Yeah. I don't I, think I people that. are going to be comfortable going to Aaron Jones this week. So, um, yeah, I mean, I Aaron Jones like, has not had a good fantasy game since like week three. 
Yeah. So I, I like Aaron Jones um, a little bit this week. The price is is tough, but I could see an argument if he's healthy and practicing all week to to him touching the ball like seventy percent of the team's carries and getting like twelve to fifteen percent of the targets. Yeah. Um. And then Devonte Adams, obviously, just a, a pure smash. I'm wondering though. Like, how much do we buy this offensive resurgence from the Chicago Bears? Like, is the Trubisky vomit stack back in full effect? Yeah, I, I was, I was there last week. Like, I played him one of my three max cores, um, but probably not there this week. So, take that for what what you will. I think pieces are fine. Allen Robinson's fine. I think Cole Komet punting at three K. I think it's okay. But there are some good tight end values this week. So probably mostly off of the Bears entirely. And I'm just going to have to struggle to figure out what to do with Devontae Adams all week because of how expensive he is. Yeah. Um, I I, uh, I got to end the like season. The Bears still have a good D. Like, yeah, they do. I, I, I will say I am going to end the season touting Cole Komet one more time. I mean, he, he, he got targets last week. He just did not catch any of them. Six targets last week, two receptions, 90% of the snaps. You know, if you're, if you're buying the thesis, they also, by the way, gave him the Chase Claypool end around at the goal line. One of the most hilarious things that I've ever hilarious. seen. <laughs> like, no reason for it at all, uh, but would have been very funny if, uh, if it hit. Okay, I actually think this is the fantasy game of the week. The Tennessee Titans in a must-win game at uh, at the Houston Texans. But the Texans haven't had anything to play for in like two months. But they they are just you know still rolling out their whole offense. Massive week for David Johnson. Massive week for Brandon Cooks. Uh, we basically have seen Chad Hansen's role evaporate, or at least it evaporated last week for the oh, tight right. ends. Wind yeah, sprinting. Yeah, when sprinting, uh, Jordan Agins and Darren Fells were targeted more, but I think this is a a super good uh, stack game. Yeah, and for David Johnson, I know we had him as a jam last week at 6,100. I think less of a jam at 6,800. But if if CJ Procise is out, if Duke Johnson's out, then David Johnson has the passing role. He has the rushing role, and he played 90% of snaps last week. So you're going to consider a wash David Johnson at 6,800 in tournaments if both those guys are out. And I do agree, like, the the Texans don't have anything to play for. I was actually a little surprised Watson said he was playing this week. He took that nasty hit late in the game, and it looked pretty bad. And so I thought maybe he'd sit, but he's fully priced as well. So not a core play for me, maybe not even a, a three-max building block. I'm more likely to stack Tannehill with A.J. Brown and obviously Corey Davis. But um, I'd probably stack the tight end side and bring it back with Cooks um, versus stacking Watson, I guess, at the peak price. Yeah. Um, all right. D. Hember. I, I mean, he is he's the best play, right? I mean, he just is is the best play of the slate. So it's like, well, Devonta Adams or Derrick Henry. Like, what are you going to do? Derrick Henry. Can only, can only play it's, one. it's D. Hember. So I, I feel like Adams, you got to you got to take PPR format. I feel like you got to take Adams there. The I mean, Adams is getting fed in the red zone as well. Not, not Derrick Henry levels fed, obviously, but he's getting fed in the red zone. And yeah. So I think I, the cop-out is obviously play Derrick Henry on FanDuel and Adams on DK, but they're both great plays. Yeah. Um, I, I am I am also of obviously interested in Corey Davis and A.J. Brown here. And I, I think Tannehill is going to end up being a little sneaky as well. Like, I feel like, I like just, Tannehill... 7K is tough. I just saw that he was like 700 short of Watson. So I, I, I retract my statement a little bit on DK. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you... like. Also, salaries are not going to matter that much this week, right? Like, because 
I will just guarantee by Sunday morning we'll have a 4K running back, whether it be, you know, Mike Boone, with, like just there will be somebody. Malcolm Brown, yeah. Malcolm Brown, yeah. And then there will also be, you know, COVID tracing or whatever. And then we'll have a 3K wide receiver who's set to play 90% of the snaps and we'll have a good cheap tight end. So it's just, it'll be a play whoever you want style slate, I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right, our final game, the New Orleans Saints must win at the Carolina Panthers. I guess we we wish this game was indoors. We wish this game was getting some benefit of the, the Superdome action. But, you know, every week, one of these Panthers wide receivers crushes. And then, you know, how do, how do you fade Alvin Kamara coming off the six-touchdown game in a, an absolute must-win spot without Michael Thomas? Well, buddy, you can't play Derrick Henry and Alvin Kamara and Devonta Adams. So you got to fade true, a couple can. of these guys. <laughs> there is a salary cap. So, I mean, it's tough. Um, yeah, like Kamara is one of the top running back plays in the slate. The Saints have plenty of troll equity throughout their entire lineup. So um, I'm still obviously a little bit uncomfortable. But yeah, we think he'll get 50% of the carries. We think he'll get 25 to 30% of the targets. Great value, especially in PPR. Probably can move away from it on FanDuel. So if you play Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, and Devontae Adams, you have 21.9 in total left over. Um, so that's not great. Uh, <laughs> it's not possible, could, buddy. Well, I mean, hey, we need a 2,500. We just need to play J.P. Holtz at tight end, uh, John Walford at quarterback, and then we'll we'll find a way to uh, to make it work. Do you have any interest in our guy, Mike Davis? We rode him uh all year we wrote him all year long pretty much at the running back position and you know obviously we're not going to get it's so funny that McCaffrey still gets listed with the Q tag every single week but no targets for our guy Mike Davis last week very weird I mean and by the way he is banged up Mike yeah Mike Davis is banged up if he does not play Curtis Samuel at 5300 he becomes a jam right seven rushing attempts five targets last week yeah, I mean, they. I was, I test baby. I was watching the game because my wife is a football team fan. So, uh, yeah, Curtis Samuel. I like Robbie Anderson's price too. Just not, not really looking to stack this game because I'm not going to play Drew Brees at quarterback. But Robbie Anderson, fifty six hundred. I think PPR format. Uh, they should be behind throwing condensed offense between those three receivers. They're on the field the entire time. So, I like, um, I like him. I like DJ Moore as well. Both guys as one-offs, I think, are viable plays. We are now going to go ahead and go through our favorite game stacks. Mine is, I guess, pretty obvious. I, I think it'll end up being fairly popular, but it is going to be the Tennessee Titans at the Houston Texans. So, obviously, Derrick Henry, obviously, Deshaun Watson, Brandon Cooks. These guys are all going to be values, but I think A.J. Brown... Corey Davis, Kiki Cutie, and then even Jordan Akins and Darren Fells on DraftKings, where you can slot them in. And even actually, I think Jonu Smith, who saw a huge snap share increase last week. And, you know, the, the Texans defense, absolutely terrible, but so is the Titans. And both of these quarterbacks like to rip it deep. So just, just a game where I can see loads of plays being run, basically. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, my favorite two games to stack, I'm only going to choose one, but the the two games are both garbage games with teams that have nothing to play for. Like stacking Las Vegas, Denver, but I like the Minnesota-Detroit game more, banking on Matt Stafford being active because Marvin Jones Jr. is a bring back there. Provides a really solid value for a guy who's seeing 25 to 30% of the targets for the team. So if Stafford's there leading a more aggressive offense, I like him as a bring back. And Minnesota, like Las Vegas has a really strong team total, a concentrated passing attack where you know where it's going to go. 
And I'm hoping people overlook these games for the more competitive game environments this week. So those are the two games that I'm looking to target early on this week. Uh, well, I do feel pretty strongly that you are going to get that discount. Um, I, I feel I feel like that game is going to be, you know, mostly ignored. Like even a guy like Justin Jefferson, who projects really strong, you know, th- those guys are just not going to be on the forefront. Like people are going to be thinking competitive games. People are going to be thinking, uh, you know, in terms of game stacks. And I mean, yeah, that, that's a 53 total, a 54 total, a 54 and a half total that no one cares. No, like yeah. two bad defenses. And also people won't want to play two Vikings. Cause, and I would imagine almost everyone is going to be playing Mike Boone. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And um, yeah, in large field GPPs, I think the Las Vegas Denver game, even going down to Drew Locke with some of these cheap stacks and knowing that they're going to be slinging it and one of the better matchups for, for him to go out on a high note. Yeah. All right, everyone, thank you very much for listening and watching the show. This is going to be a huge week in terms of news. This is going to be a huge week in terms of, you know, I we are going to be updating the projections pretty much, I would imagine, until uh, about 30 minutes before kickoff. There's going to be all kinds of updates that we are uh, going to be handling this weekend in Week 17. So, everyone, thank you very much for listening and watching to the show. Good luck in Week 17, and uh, we'll see you back next week. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.